0: another session here at the kick Pod dojo i am your host slash sensei tj williams giving you the insider of my martial arts journey analyzing and, um discussing martial arts based subjects and highlighting martial arts past present and future okay so today i got a guest um, from from or of course of my organization um of course i have master dave gamble here from california Joining join me today so of course you're gonna get um the insight on him his martial arts journey all right how are you doing dave
1: doing great sir thank you how are you
0: oh wonderful man it's been pretty much a busy day all right so of course um can you explain like uh what you do currently
1: i am helping out my brother my brother and i did a karate school together for about 15 years and i just uh Took a step back, and I'm now he's in charge of the school. So I'm an assistant instructor with him as we lead our small little school in San Diego.
0: Oh, awesome! All right, so what is this school called?
1: It's called Firm Foundation Martial Arts. All just
0: right, just
1: outside of San Diego. All
0: right, awesome! And definitely, he's doing. He's got a lot of students, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're growing. Uh, COVID hit our school a little bit, but uh, we're back up
0: to about 40 students and uh, growing. Real strong, yeah, definitely. Definitely, I want to get him on the show and as well as his wife, too. Yeah, yeah. How's your little nephew? Yeah. I think I met him in Vegas. Oh man, he's great, he's just starting
1: to walk, so he's uh oh. smiley and into everything. It's
0: great, <laughs> yeah. All right, so for you guys, for you people who are listening, those who know, um, Dave, of course, you're going to be listening to this on once I posted um, the, on the episode on the BIC BP radio. And, of course, for those who don't know we're going to go back back in time. Let's just say we're going to get a DeLorean, a DeLorean time machine. We're going to go back in time, 88 miles per hour. Yeah, so. All right, so the first question I got is, before you started karate, like, how would you describe yourself as a person? Well, I got started when I was 10, so I didn't have a whole lot of life experience. But I got started
1: at 10 because I broke my arm when I was 9. And so my parents were convinced that it was time for me to get into a sport so I wouldn't be uh, quite so fragile. So we uh, considered different options, and martial arts seemed like a a fun fit. And my cousin just started training at a a, a karate school that met at a church about five minutes from where I lived. So I started with him. Uh, We started White Belt Rank together. Uh, he didn't last too long. He only stuck with it for six months, but I fell in love with it right away. So I've
0: been uh, martial arts has been a really important part of my life since then. Yeah, I mean, of course. Um, I think, um, yeah, same thing. I had my cousin was joined karate, and of course, yeah, he quit. It's the same. Well, he's almost close again to being a black belt. I know he pretested, oh. and of course, like uh, from there, he just um quit because he couldn't pass. And from there, I just went on to go on to becoming a black belt. So, I mean, just a is a life lesson. Don't expect people that you join with is going to continue to join with you. But you know, it's real nice to actually have your family doing the martial arts. Definitely. All right. So, what was the one thing that kind of kept you interested? Like, let's describe your first class. Uh, first class was nothing exciting. It was working on the basics, you know, so I stood there with my instructor, and we did
1: blocks, and we did kicks, and we did stances, and it wasn't, real, really what I did that first class that kept me with it as much as seeing everyone. Uh, we had a beginner class, and then right after the beginner class, the intermediate class started, that was when I saw people that were just amazing. Uh, most of them were adults at that time, uh, that was right around the time of Ninja Turtles. Uh, so Karate Kid had come out. Oh. Ninja Turtles was just coming out. So Karate maybe wasn't catching on with the kids yet. So mostly adults. But the adults were just amazing. And seeing what they could do, seeing how hard they worked, um, the, the punches, the kicks, the tents That was something that really caught my eye as the youth. That's something I wanted to attain to someday of being as as good as those uh, giants that I saw uh, in the class right after
0: mine. Yeah, um, So you mentioned Ninja Turtles Like which one was it It was the 1991 one Or 1990 was it that, It must
1: have been about that time frame Yeah I think I got started in 90 and
0: 91 So that would, that would fit Yeah I know I'm still thinking about meeting the April O'Neil The one from the first movie Man <laughs> I bet she still got the hots yep. for me a- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Alright so Okay so, what was your mindset like? Was, was your journey going to say you're going for a black belt or you say you just want to get your martial arts experience? Yeah, I had a lot of little goals. My first goal
1: starting was just I wanted to be good enough that my instructors knew my name when they saw me. Uh, and then the next goal was getting into the intermediate class. And the next goal was earning my blue belt and then earning my red belt. So, I kept Establishing little goals, and obviously when I got brown belt, black belt was more realistic. It it was a long ways, but I could see it coming. I'd seen some of my friends get their black belts uh, that were just a little older than me, so I knew if I had the discipline uh, and listened to my instructors, that that was a possibility. So just the small goals through all the way up, and then obviously black belt being the major goal. And now you and I know. Black Belt's just getting started, but I didn't know that when I started. When I started, Black Belt was the top mark, from that that was the apex, so you know, striving for that Black Belt was the goal, and then obviously after attaining my Black Belt, it was continuing uh, up the ranks. I think when I was third degree it was when they redid the structure in UFAP and then the, the Black forms, the mastery forms, so then obviously that was my, my
0: next goal, was uh, sticking with it and earning that mastermind. Yeah, so, okay, so let's go back to your, like, the first degree black belt test. Can you give, like, a good description of how that test went? Because I was talking to other people. They gave me, like, a different, like, perspective of how their black belt test went. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. So my region in Ufa, at the time, it was region nine, and it was the Baja, California area of Mexico, mm-hmm. and it was the southern California, uh, LA, San Diego area of
1: California. So we alternated tests in either Mexico or America. And this test was in Mexico, so the, it's only a twenty-minute drive to the border. Mm. Uh, but you know, you cross the border, then you're in a different country. So I, I traveled across uh, country lines in the uh, area of Mexico for the test, and real eye-opening. Just, uh, and we went to this big hotel and just surrounded by high-ranking black belts. Uh, Mr. Javier Garcia was the regional chair at the time, and uh, David Rodriguez was on the board, and they also invited uh, Ed Sines and Robert Sapp, so just a who's who of judges uh, that was uh, very intimidating, obviously, for my first degree. Uh, Smaller testing, there were only five people uh, that tested, but it was uh, in two languages. Uh, because of being both Mexican students and American students. So half the test was done in English, half the test was done in Spanish. So you'd you'd be watching uh, when it wasn't your turn, you'd be watching and you'd be amazed at how good the students were and you'd be psyching yourself up. And then time for those of us that spoke English uh, to come out. So we had to challenge ourselves in that same way. Um, I think at that point there were just three forms on the test. Uh, at the time it was called UFAF1, UFAF2, UFAF3. Hmm. So, what they called UFAF1, we would today call UFAF2. What they called UFAF2, call UFAF3, and what they called UFAF3, we would today call Kun So, uh.
0: you do those, just those forms.
1: That was right after the change. Before, that, there were probably like
0: 10 forms on oh, the test, hmm. uh, and then they took it down to three. So, my friend that
1: tested with myself, I, we were kind of, uh, so like, you hear, uh, go, oh, back in my day, the test was way harder. And the tests go from 10 forms to three forms. We're like, oh, man, it was really hard. Just like a year ago, it was way harder. That, that's kind of lame. But my instructor, uh, Willie Martinez, helped us understand that it's different. And 10 forms is a marathon, and three forms is a sprint. So when you had 10 forms on the test, your job was endurance, and you go 70% through 10 forms. Uh, and so you build your endurance up for that, and three forms is a sprint. But so if you only got three, then you're sprinting through three forms. You're giving 100% effort through all three forms, so that's a different endurance set to build. It's a different skill set that it's not less important or more important. It's different. So you know, step up to whatever the current requirements are. And that was, I thought, really good uh, mindset. That our instructor really helped us with. So we we built our sprint endurance up, and and it was a a brutal test. It was really, really hard, but uh, very rewarding afterwards, obviously, uh, to get the black belt. And then just kind of surreal, you get promoted, and yay, I'm a black belt. And then you gotta drive home, you drive across the border, and you get home, and you realize I got a new piece of fabric on me. I got a black belt now instead of (laughs) blue. Really
0: expensive. Yeah, when I think about my first black belt test, of course, I still got my actual, my actual black belt from when I first test for first degree. Of course, it's kind of deteriorated. It's like almost turned white. And I didn't. I even buy a new one. Yeah. You know, I just want to show my students that, um, of course, I, for all the times I put that belt on, it's like all the hard work I put in martial arts. You know, I just don't want to change it. Yes. I mean, but I feel like yes. I want. I feel like I want to change it when I get my master rank. I mean, definitely. Yeah, it's like. It basically show, of course, um, you, uh, Mr. Norris, or all the black belts that I've worked for a lot of years to at least get to that point, and then, of course, um, from there I get to retire. <laughs> well, not totally to retire completely, but you know, just yeah. just enjoying life as it is. Yeah. Yes, right. absolutely. I right. yeah, kind of going to your master rank. I mean, what what was on your mind when you did that? Um, your get your fifth degree. Uh, I knew I was eligible. Uh, that I knew our, our years
1: was when you were at least eligible. It was guaranteed or not? So it was real exciting to get the message from UPath, and they were asking hey, if you're going to show up at the ITC this year. We'd love to promote you to fifth degree. So I respond obviously in the affirmative, and I I knew it was coming. So I had in the back of my head different ideas of what I would want to do, and I thought, well, I want to showcase the best thing that I'm best at, and in my mind, the thing that I was best at was teaching. I, I felt I was a much better teacher than martial artist. Spy so had in my head what I wanted to do, and uh, you're a pro wrestling fan, you can appreciate this. I wanted to be a jobber. I, I wanted to be the one getting beat up by all my different students uh, in different ways, showing how great they all. Were. Um, and I thought, oh, it'll be different. That'll be fun. My students can participate with me. So I had that in the back of my head. I didn't tell anybody yet, but that was what I wanted to do. So then I came back to the class and I said, "Hey, guys, UFAF just told me I'm getting promoted to fifth. That means it's the rank ceremony in front of uh, Grand Master Norris. Who wants to be a part?" And a ton of my students like, "Oh, I'd love to be a part. That'd be good." I said, "Great. Okay." So I had like 20 students that agreed to be a part of it. And then a few months later, I get a letter from UFAF with the standards. Of, of what they're looking uh, in the master uh, rank ceremony. And one of the things they said was that you as the master rank are supposed to be the focus of the demonstration. So it says, it's a demo, it's about you and about choking your skills. So I went, oh, okay, so I can't do what I wanted to do, but that's fine. And then I read down the letter a little more, and it said minimize the amount of people you have in it, because it's not a demo, it's just about you. Then I realized I was in trouble, because I already promised 20 of my students oh. they could be a part of it. So I said, well, I'll, I'll keep my promise to my students, I'll let them be a part of it, but I won't let them all beat me up. I'll be the, the focus. So I, I read things, I work with my students, and I gave them all those parts. I didn't want them to focus so much on the my ceremony that they forgot about their form or their form, for the tournament at the ITC, and I... We gave them little roles, with the exception of my brother, one of my first students. They had a, a lot they had to remember because they kept attacking me, and I had to defend myself uh, in different ways. So they all came out. And there were 20 of my students and myself. And we uh, we demonstrated in front of uh, the board and stuff like that and had a great time. Uh, looking back, there were definitely way too many students, and I joke about it with my brother because then when he got his letter two years later, there was... Uh, it was the exact same letter with one exception. It said in big, bold letters, limit the amount of students you have in your demonstration. So my brother and I kind of joked that that's the gamble rule because <laughs> I uh, ignored that rule in the past and brought too many of my students. But great experience. I loved uh, being able to do it with my students. Loved putting it together. Loved how excited they were uh, to be it. A, definitely a, a really good experience.
0: Oh, Definitely. Of course, with this year having seventeen people get their master ring, I mean, due to the COVID um, shutdown that we had in twenty twenty, I mean, of course, uh, those um, people that were supposed to test or supposed to get their master ring in twenty twenty, of course, was an add on to this year, which was amazing. Yep. I mean, it's good to see everybody to get their master ring, and I see good some good performances, and especially that was uh, fantastic. yeah, I'm tr- I'm still thinking that that um that one performance uh. Well, what was her name? Um, Taylor, Miss Um, Master Taylor. Yeah, <laughs> that was, that was a performance of the night. I mean, I was like, I was into it, really. Can't yeah. do much better than that. That was
1: fantastic.
0: yeah, it's it's amazing that um, of course, she was um invited to like the um, like what was that show that she was um recently on um, the Rachel. was it uh, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, Kelly Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. yeah, it was yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's like, I That's thought, awesome. yeah, it's amazing, amazing if I can at least have that same type of performance in, in 2023, and the next you know, I get um, put on a talk show and do the same thing, but you know, <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> yeah, so, I'm pretty much, after looking at that performance, it's like, I'm kind of planning ahead, because, you know, of course, I'm, yep. like, at, pretty much after this next convention, which, of course, I'm going for free, because I won the raffle, which is amazing. yeah so i say like after that convention you know i want i want to start planning because you know if i get that email or that letter i mean at least i'll know that i'll help i have people have a performance ready and then of course it's go time yep yep yeah Uh, that'll be exciting all right yeah speaking of um this year's convention what, what was your thought since we were we came back from that um mini pause
1: great. Obviously, you've been in UFAF long enough to know. UFAF's like a family, you know, so it was was a a great family reunion, especially after missing that year uh, because of the COVID restrictions. I thought UFAF did a great job with the online uh, ITC, the virtual ITC the year before, just trying to give the students some way of connecting and training, and then obviously getting back together was great. I thought the seminars were fantastic. Uh, The tournament's always wonderful.
0: So I, I was real thankful that everything was uh back as much as as normal as it could be. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, I was hoping to get that most inspirational award. I mean, it, it was good to get nominated, and the fact that you know people recognize me as an inspiration, you know. But it's yep. it was great that um Crosby um Britwater got the award because I see like what he, work he put in to at least get to that point, and especially with this school. You know, I would like to visit this school one day. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Obviously, you has got a ton of inspirational people, so it is just completely an honor to be recognized. And like you said, clearly, uh, Mr. Cosby was more than uh, a, uh,
0: a a very appropriate uh winner of the award. Yeah, well, I could be for next year or the next two years. I mean, I don't mind getting nominated again. I mean, well, right. the, uh, yeah, so okay, have you um, com- um, Repeated or attended any um, expos or conventions?
1: Not a lot. Uh, the, the karate tournament scene is not super big in San Diego. It's If you're willing to drive to LA, there's a few more. So there were a couple of times that we would drive students to different ones. There's uh, Miss Melendez uh, from our, our region. She does a tournament every year in the El Central area. She does a great job to usually take our students to that one, um, and we've traveled a little bit, but for the most part, the only real uh, convention that we prepare for or attend is the USF
0: one. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I've I done a lot enough, uh, like a lot of tournaments. Not a lot of tournaments, but like a couple of tournaments, like once in a while. I mean, but you know, I just don't do do there to com- compete. And I, you know, I kind of observe and see what I can uh-huh. like identify you know i look at um, people's katas and i say that's similar to what we do and it's like no, it would be nice if i got um, master signs on this show because i know he's like a historian when it comes to martial arts yeah i mean his knowledge is incredible
1: he's you could do uh five hours with him and not even touch the surface of all that he knows and can explain he's one of the best martial arts minds i've ever
0: met yeah so definitely i will eventually get him definitely (laughs) <laughs> right. so well, so besides martial arts uh what's your outside activity like what do you like to do but do best at th- this
1: stage in my life I, it's all about when i got free time i'm with my family so I, i've got three kids that are growing real fast a five-year-old son a three-year-old daughter and my youngest uh, just turned seven months so when i've got any free time it, it's pretty much hanging out with them it's uh, sitting on the floor and playing cars or playing make-believe or I'm going on a walk or or whatever. uh, That's where my focus is. And and I know just my five-year-old son, he's growing way too fast. I can't imagine uh, how much more it's going to fast forward as they get older. So uh, that's my my hobby right now is my
0: family. Yeah. I mean, of course, uh, my brother and my sister-in-law are like pretty much stuck in Canada I mean, of course, of course, my brother got some dual citizenship, so he's back and forth. But for me, of course, I mean, I'm stuck here in the States and I won't be able to see my um, nieces for a while. So I know my oldest niece, she just turned 14. I mean, imagine oh, okay. that. And it was a good thing for her. I got to see her take martial arts like, I think, six years ago, she took martial arts. And I mean, that was like the best moment for me to actually see my niece. Not follow my footsteps, but at least take interest in what i do and she she yes. does amazing, I mean really, I wish she stuck with That's it, awesome. yeah, yeah yeah <sighs> all right, so if you were to try any other style, which one would you go for? That's
1: a good question uh I did a little hack. the Krav Maga just because it's such a practical uh, martial art and it would be great for me to have those skills to pass on to my students. Uh, my brother and, and his wife are both black belt level in the Krav Maga, have Krav Maga, so we do have a lot of experience in that that we have at the school, but it would be obviously
0: great if I could uh, expand my skill set there to those students yeah i mean i'm I've been like having thoughts of like trying out that cry of my God program, but I know it was told that it was extremely intense it's like you feel like you have to be in good condition to do that program
1: it, my, i uh, heard those stories every time my brother came back they were it, talking about the training it's no joke it, it it's a great program I'm, I'm really glad you brought it uh master uh is doing a onepend London they're doing a great job of
0: of leading it and, and bringing in that skill set to Newfaff, I'd recommend it. I, I did at first level and loved it. But. Yeah, I think I remember Mr. Bunning came up to um, Presti's, like I think uh, three years ago, and he did like sort of a small seminar. You know, it's just uh-huh. doing um, conditioning, like yeah. self defense. Yeah, so that was like amazing. Yeah. I was like, I could probably use this in my oh. fitness classes too. Yeah. All right. So this is the last part of my interview. Uh, I kind of call this the hidden dojo. So I ask like a series of questions. And of course, you just answer them in the best of your ability. All right. So you ready for this? Sounds good. All right. Let's open up the hidden yes, dojo. Sir. All right. The first question is the best advice you ever gotten and who said it?
1: From a arts standpoint, the best advice I probably ever got was, was don't quit when it gets hard, and I got that from several people, and obviously there were several times in my martial arts training where it got real hard. I, I failed my uh, first degree uh pretest the first time and had to wait, and that's obviously a real discouraging thing, and I've seen a lot of my students, unfortunately, uh, want to quit or actually quit at that level. So I'm real thankful for the, the good advice I got uh, before that level of, of stick with it, even when it, when it gets hard. Um, and having failed and then passed afterwards, obviously, there, there's a, a great sense of accomplishment. Uh, it, it feels better. Um, I've, gotten, you know, I've passed a bunch of tests, but the, the, the most memorable tests are the ones that I failed first and then passed later
0: wonderful rewards that come out of that. Yeah, I think I remember um, I was, I wanted to really pass my um, fourth degree pretest back in 2018. I mean, if I wanted to pass that, I would have been going for a Master Rank this year, this upcoming um, convention, yeah. but you know, it, you know you just like you said, you like you know, things get hard and then of course you have to really focus on things that you are struggling with and then try to get strong with that. I know with the fourth yes. degree, that's that's like the last physical test, of course, and you have to like really keep yourself physically fit. And you know you don't know what they're gonna throw at yeah. you. And, like I can I can that's remember, true. yeah, I can remember like my fourth degree cl- tests like down in Boston. And, uh, of course, me and Miss Press, me and Mister Presser we were driving down there. Of course, we missed two exits to get to Boston. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it's like you got um. Doug, like Mr. Schaefer or Master Schaefer, like just other than the requirements, he's just adding on, like stuff like it just come from his just come from his head, and then from there I just had to do it. It's like I did, I didn't like um, turn it down or then um like say no I'm not gonna do that, but you know I just did it anyway. You know that's just the challenge of how good of a fourth degree I can be. Yes, definitely. Uh, I. All right. Next question is: I probably you're probably gonna be hesitating on this one, but um, the worst advice you ever got. Oh, what?
1: Uh, wow. Uh, usually, when I get bad advice, I try to forget it. I have a limited amount of uh, brain power to remember anything, let alone bad advice. I don't know if I could uh think of the worst advice I ever got. I don't know.
0: Let's about that one. Yeah, so I, well, usually I can get people with this one, but you know, yeah, if you haven't gotten any worse advice, that's good for you, definitely. Uh, right? <laughs> right? So, okay, so how would you reward yourself? Award myself? Yeah, let's say, myself. yeah, let's say, you know, most people are like, um they eat healthy, but you know, they never eat junk, but yet, oh. they also, that's I kind of call that the guilty pleasure. It's like usually I'm. I like to eat good, but you know, once in a while I just go out for a pizza. It's like, if I don't feel like eating. It's like I feel like that's like a guilty pleasure. That's why I want to reward myself. Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, right now my, our favorite tradition is uh, in, in Vegas at the ITC. We uh, go out and reward
0: ourselves with the Steak and Shake milkshakes. Uh, oh yeah. So uh, all my kids. Love their M&M milkshakes from Steak and Shake. So I think that's probably my favorite guilty pleasure right now. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely gonna be my guilty pleasure once I get my um my fifth degree. Go to Steak and Shake. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Well, I could probably drive down to Erie to get some now if they still have this um, um restaurant down there. Cause yeah, I used to go yes. down there. Yeah, I can think of that. My my third degree black belt test. After the test, we went to Steak and Shake. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> good decision. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, it was round. Um, of course, West Virginia. It was like close to um, uh, Mr. Brown's school or, or Mr. Shaver's school, I should say. I mean, then from there, it's like after the test, it's like we drove two hours to um Erie and got Steak and Shake. And that's like, yes, that's a guilty pleasure. I want. I love Steak and Shake. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. All right. Next question. Um, what famous movie would you want to be in? Like any movie.
1: Oh. Well, it was uh, the Chuck Norris movie Sidekicks came out right after I started my training, and the idea we knew we were in the Chuck Norris system, but then seeing Chuck Norris there in this, you were in. The- perform with all of our instructors, and seeing uh, the kids training with them. you know, So most of our, my karate class at that point, we were all, for the most part, teenagers. So the idea of that movie, him training a high schooler and, and teaming with them, that was uh, basically every single kid in the karate class wished we were uh, that character uh, in the movie. So I, I think that would be a, a trip uh, to have uh, been in sight so
0: yeah, definitely. Of course, um Mr. Sapp's got the benefit of the doubt. He made that cameo. And of course it, good thing it's Mr really fun
1: watching that movie and see it. Oh, that's Mr. Sapp.
0: Oh, that's Mr. Science. Oh that's Mr. Prieto. Yeah. Oh Mr. Prieto, I forgot about that that um restaurant see. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh yeah, you had uh Miko acting drunk and then of course he takes all of them down and um of course Mr. Prieto um I think he was eating rice or something, or he his head fell on some bowl of rice. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, man. This is... Oh, I got to watch that. I think it's, like, on free on um YouTube. Yeah. I think yeah. I uh, might watch yeah, that.
1: Found that a few years
0: ago. I try to watch that every uh, year or so with my kids. excited uh, <laughs> about that. Yeah, really. Okay. Hidden talent. Let alone a hidden talent. I have nothing I'm hiding. Ah, uh, well, probably it'll, it'll come around. Probably if you think about it, if, uh, let's just say if you could do a voice impersonation <laughs> like me, that that'd be a hidden talent. It's like you hear like a, a yeah. yeah, you hear like a voice like from a movie, and then it's all of a sudden it comes out your mouth, and then people think it's <laughs> that you're the person that was in that movie. If it was a Disney movie, yeah. that'd be something. Yeah, yeah, I could. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they're watching Lion King one day and they and they recognize Mufasa, I might trick them saying that I'm the voice of Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that uh, James
1: Earl
0: Jones? Is yeah. The... Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that herb boy is my son and your future king. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty good. Hey, all right, all right. Yeah, dream celebrity encounter. Chuck Norris, that was fun. Yep. Uh, maybe
1: Tony Dungy. Tony. I uh, really respect him. I think he's a a good man and I love him as a coach. I feel like I could uh, learn a lot from him if I got the chance to pick his brain
0: for a while. Yeah. I think I, if I if I was lucky, I might end up meeting uh, Michael J. White. Yeah, so, I mean... Oh, yeah. That'd be something that's like, I kind of watch his videos on YouTube a little bit. And then of course I I remember um, watching um, Never Back Down three. Of course he was trying to train oh. up. Um, uh, I think a MMA fighter. I guess he was getting ready for a fight. And of course he, um, a couple um, guys that he was um, in the gym with. He wanted to, They wanted to learn from him. And it was like t- saying teaching them how to punch. And it's like they ask him why do you boxers wrap their hands? Because they say they don't. You don't know how to. They don't know how to punch. Yeah, so definitely that's that'd be a dream to actually meet them. I know I met plenty of celebrities. Of course, I told you I met mm-hmm. um, April O'Neil from Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was wasn't yeah. a, that was Michael, a lo- yeah Michael J. White's a fantastic guy. Yeah, uh, fantastic martial artist. Yeah, that definitely does good movies too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Final question: Um, where do you see yourself in ten years from now?
1: Similar things to what I'm doing now. I, I think I'm probably going to keep doing the karate
0: and, and keep uh, teaching where I can. Obviously, my uh, kids will be
1: at a much different stage in life, but I'm hoping that we're still uh, helping
0: them and serving uh, my kids. And, and uh, might
1: leave the San Diego area. But Probably, since so much families here, everything I could to stay in the San Diego area. So, so probably uh,
0: doing the same thing I'm doing now, but hopefully doing it a little better. Yeah, that's probably always the biggest goal, trying to move to different places and really build your credibility. hmm yep. Yeah. All right, so before we do our little closing to the show, uh is there any last-minute um words would you like to say to our listeners out there? Let's
1: see. Well, I'm assuming most of your listeners of the kick pod would be martial arts uh, students. So I guess my encouragement to them would be like I give to my students. So if you're doing martial arts training, try to surround yourself with good people and then try to be a good person yourself. And as you're doing those things, your martial arts skills will get better. And, and hopefully your your skills as a human uh, will improve and, and you'll better yourself
0: in, in many different ways. All right. Yes, definitely that's good a good advice, definitely with all these um martial arts out there. Even they're joining or they're just actually they're thinking about joining, so definitely good advice from a good black belt. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Okay, so I'm gonna do my little closing to my um kick pod. All right, for those who're just tuning in, make sure you tune into my previous episodes on the BICBP radio dot com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'll see you next time for another episode here at the Kickpot Dojo. This is your sensei, TJ Williams, bowing you out.